Hey, brother, there's an endless road to rediscover. Hey, sister, know the water's sweet, but blood is thicker. Oh, the sky. Welcome to the Reformed Brotherhood. Brothers don't shake hands. Brothers gotta hug. I'm Tony. And I'm Jesse. Brother? I'm going to have a brother? I've always dreamed about having a brother. If you'd like to join our brotherhood, you can join our Facebook group. You can email us at reformbrotherhood at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter at reformbrohood. You can also subscribe and rate us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Hey, brother. Hey, brother. Hey, brother-in-law. Hey, brother. Hey, brother. What's going on, Jesse? Tony, it's just another day in paradise, which is code for South Central Pennsylvania. But what is new in your life? Not much. Um, just went to see a movie today. Had a good time. Uh, went out with some men from the church and we went and saw the new Logan movie, which is the new uh, X-Men Wolverine movie. Have you heard anything about that? I've heard nothing about that. In fact, I didn't even know what that was about until you just mentioned it. Yeah. So you you live under a rock, right? That is apparently like there's a the big case. rock. A big rock that is like on top of your apartment and you live right underneath that, right? Evidently, because if you listen to the last episode, you know that all I'm doing is watching British baking shows. British baking shows. Yes. So the new Logan movie, um, just a little heads up, uh, we'll we'll, uh, say our topic tonight is we're going to be talking about movies and films um, and kind of how Christians interact with the entertainment industry. So um, there may be spoilers throughout the evening. If if either of us know we're going to give a spoiler, we'll try to give a spoiler alert. So um, there's probably going to be a little bit of a spoiler alert for uh, Logan here in a second. So the new Logan movie is uh, the, the latest in the X-Men franchise. And I just figured this out that the X-Men franchise, the very first X-Men movie, was in 2000. It came out July something in 2000. So Hugh Jackman has been playing Wolverine for eight, almost uh, for like 17 years almost. That's incredible. That's a really long, crazy amount of time. Um, so this was kind of like the culmination of his role as Wolverine or as Logan or James Holland. He goes by different names. And the same is true of Patrick Stewart, who plays um, Charles Xavier. This is his, both of their, as far as I know, both of their last entry in the series as those characters. So they've been playing those characters for like 17 years. That's a really long time. That's a really long time. That's like a lot of um, X-Men action. Yeah. And so this movie um, has kind of stirred a little bit of controversy because it um, it's super violent. Um, so like if you put it on like a scale, I didn't see Deadpool uh, when it came out last year. And we'll talk about why I'm sure. But if you put it on a scale, you have like the rest of the X-Men movies. You could probably put the Marvel comic book movies or even like Harry Potter, maybe kind of in the same category where there's there's some violence, but it's pretty tame, sort of PG-13 violence, maybe a little bit of blood, um, but probably not a lot. Then you have Logan, which is the first rated R um, X-Men movie in the franchise. And it was I mean, it was really I mean, it's quite violent. Um, I, I expected it going in because I'm a fan of the Logan and the, the Wolverine comic books. And I had heard that they, they followed the way that the comics handle the violence a lot more. And then you have like a movie like Kill Bill, right? So that's on the way violence extreme. So um, I guess we're, we're going to 
we're going to try to be a little bit more serious tonight because I think sometimes when Christians talk about entertainment and movies, um, there's a kind of uh, jovial nature to it. And I think it's a serious topic um, because I think it's a blind spot that a lot of Christians have. Have you have you run into that, Jesse, in, in your life where people sort of have this sort of sacred cow of entertainment? I think so. I think if there's one place where we're willing to, to justify and to compromise the most, it tends to be in this arena. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of times Christians will tolerate um, things on the screen that they wouldn't tolerate in other venues. Right. Um, even in like the area of music, they'll they'll tolerate things like coarse language or um, blasphemy even in a, a movie, but they won't necessarily, you know, you'll hear them say like, well, Walmart shouldn't sell that record because um, Jay-Z swears a lot or he degrades women or whatever it is. Uh, but when we come to like movies and, and television, that's not quite as much of a focus. Um, I, I'm not sure why that is. Do you do you have any ideas why that is? I don't know. I think that at the bottom line, it's just that we enjoy we're, we use entertainment as a way to gain rest and to separate ourselves. And so I think we're sometimes hesitant to give it up, even if we know that it strikes and it cuts across us theologically or morally. We just find it hard to give up that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think. um I think maybe too, it has to do with the fantasy element of it. Yeah, for sure. Right. So you're looking at a screen and, um, you know, if my coworker sits down and, um, drops an F bomb, I'm, I'm not a fan of that. I'm not going to participate in that, but I'm also probably not going to, um, at least if it's, if it's an occasional basis, I'm probably not going to make a big deal out of it. Um, we shouldn't expect, uh, non-Christians to, act like Christians, right? So I think sometimes we look at our entertainment and we think about the characters on the screen in kind of the same way, right? Well, that's just who they are. You know, we shouldn't expect, um, we shouldn't expect, expect Wolverine to act like a Christian because he's got this history and he's got, he's a complex character and this is just who he is. Um, and I'm not sure why we make that. I mean, I'm not sure why we draw that line. So I just wanted to talk tonight um, and maybe get your take on kind of like as Christians, how do we really focus and how do we how do we enjoy the particularly film and TV is where I want to spend most of our time. But how do we enjoy entertainment um, as Christians, but still be wise and be prudent about how we do that? And maybe like what are the pitfalls and things like that? Right. And that's a heavy question, because I think that where we tend to fall is on this spectrum of somewhere between being convicted by our conscience, but also knowing that there are absolute standards. And this is one of those conversations where can quickly go into or, or kind of devolve into these arguments about legalism or people accusing each other of legalism. But certainly the Bible makes it clear that there are standards of material that we should consume. And certainly Romans speaks to at least renewing our minds. And so there must be the, th- the thing that's the opposite of that, which would be participating or consuming media in particular that is devolving our minds away or pushing us away from the things of Christ. So I don't, I mean, it's just, this is just a really difficult conversation because there are a lot of people fall into different kind of arenas on that spectrum. But at the end of the day, for me, it's about trying to ask, well, where do we need to be absolutely accountable? Because you're right in that it's interesting how people will sometimes consume something that seems like it's just like you said if you remove the movie element you put you put them in that actual situation or you take it away from the screen 
And the screen, for some reason, provides this like nice convenient wall where we can separate and compartmentalize what's going on and at least convince ourselves that even if we're watching something really violent or that uses horrible language or blasphemous language even, that somehow we're still separating ourselves, that we're not really consuming it in the way that we, we think we are. We're at least discerning enough not for some reason to be impacted by those words. So yeah. I, I don't really know what a good answer to that question is except to... I mean, the way that I think about it, or I have been thinking about it recently, is um, in finance, because that's where I want to always turn everything back to, evidently. <laughs> we have this concept when it comes to you know budgeting or planning called like zero budget. And what that means is rather than each year looking at all the things that you spend money on and saying, okay, which things do I want to keep and which things do I want to throw away? Instead, the zero budget process says, let's start from nothing and decide which things are worth consuming. And I think that's the kind of mindset we need to take as a first approach to look at the scriptures, understand what God requires of us of holiness and purity. And rather than say, you know what, I have my shows that I really like, and I'd like to keep watching them as part of your kind of holiness budget when it comes to media consumption, throwing everything aside and saying, let's start over and say what things are worthwhile consuming. And I think even if I'm honest with myself, aside from the British baking show, um, maybe like some of the, even just like sitcom stuff like that, uh, I would be hard pressed to find like a really strong argument for this to be something that is not just uplifting, but probably not even providing the right kind of rest or relaxation or release that would be appropriate. I don't know. Does that make sense? It does. And and before we go much further, I think um, it bears saying that um, what it is that we consume in terms of television and film entertainment is largely a matter of Christian liberty. Right. There's no, um, you know, there's no specific explicit commandment in the Bible that says, like, thou shalt not work, watch the Big Bang Theory. Right. Exactly. Um, and so we have to we have to recognize and we have to trust on some level. We have to trust our Christian brothers and sisters to exercise prudence um, in this matter. So, you know, we have and and it may not be the same standard for everybody. Right. Exactly. Um for one person, they may be able to go to something like Logan, um, which did did contain um, one of the hard lines I usually draw is nudity, um, right. whether it's male or female. Obviously, I don't struggle watching male nudity and even um, the occasions that I don't know about it and I, I come across female nudity on the screen. Um, it's not a it's not a big struggle for me. I just avert my eyes and I I move on. Um, if I know it's coming or I think it's coming, I'll fast forward it. Or if I stumble upon, it, I'll fast forward it. So there is one scene in Logan where there's a little bit of nudity. Um, it's very brief. It was kind of a weird. Um, it was like a I don't want to describe it, but it was like a weird brief moment. It was probably like thirty seconds, and I just turned my head away. Um, but that's a hard line I usually draw. If I had if I had really known that that was going to be there, I'm not sure that I would have gone and seen the movie. But um, it's important for us as Christians to recognize that so someone may be able to go see a movie that contains violence and not um, not be drawn into sin. And so for them, that aspect of it is not a temptation for them. So we have to recognize that that is, is the case. But another person may not be able to go see that same movie without being drawn into sin. Right. Now, I think there are some other considerations beyond just can I consume this and not be sinning. But that as a bare minimum, I think, is a standard we have to set. If you're someone that um, – like an example, if, you, if you're a soldier who came back from war and you suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder, it might not be the best idea for you to go see – 
Saving Private Ryan or something along those lines. Um, because there are things that are going to happen in your mind involuntarily that um, that movie may bring about. And that's, that's what I'm talking about when I say it's a matter of wisdom is you may be able to go to a movie and the movie itself may not be inherently sinful, but it may not be wise for you to go see that movie. Um, and to do something that you think is unwise, I think is sinful. Right. Um, so we have to be sensitive to our brothers and sisters. And where I was going with this is if you're listening to our podcast right now and you're feeling conviction um, that you feel uh, judgment or something like that coming from us, that's probably not coming from us. That's probably your own conscience or it, it may be the Holy Spirit trying to get you to take a second look at what it is you're consuming. Because we want to be really clear, or at least I want to be really clear, that it's not my job, uh, it's not my role to tell another person in most circumstances what is or is not appropriate for them to be consuming. Right. Um, that said, I would say things like Game of Thrones, which is is basically softcore pornography, um, that kind of thing isn't appropriate for any Christian to be watching. Um, movies that have gratuitous... Um, sex that is only intended to inflame your passions. That's literally all it's adding to the story is it's trying to catch your attention by your passions and keep you invested because of that. Um, I think those are inappropriate for Christians to be seeing. And that's why I didn't go see Deadpool because there, at least from what I heard, there was a fair number of scenes that fit that description. That And knowing the Deadpool comics, um, there's a lot of things they couldn't do in the comics because of the fact that um, they're owned now they're owned by Disney and things like that, um, that once it got to the big screen, they were freed up to do. Um, but I, I want to really, really like harp on that, that like it's not one Christian's responsibility to define for another Christian what is or is not OK within their Christian liberty. Right. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And that's why I was kind of trying to articulate that it's got this continuum. So there is this space essentially on this on this line of responsibility where we say there is liberty and everybody is going to fall within that liberty. But at some point we cross over, like you were saying, into places where there the Bible is clear that it, it is really harmful for us to participate or to be around that kind of uh, stuff. And so, for instance, like a good example would be my, uh, my wife doesn't really appreciate or consume any kind of uh, TV show or movie with violence in it, no matter how seemingly small the violence is. It just offends her conscience. So even something like, have, are you familiar with um, the History Channel's Vikings series at all? Yeah, yeah. So I actually really enjoy that. It's it's somewhat historical. And if you watch it, the violence is really tame. Like for the most part, it's a lot more sound effect. And the camera's always, it's, there's a lot of implication of violence even in the scenes. Right. Like there is implication, of course, that there's fighting. And even when the, the scenes are particularly virulent and they're going after each other, all of like the deadly blows, you hear more sound effects and it always cuts away. And I, I think that's that's actually nice in some in some respects. But even for her, that's too much, that insinuation. And I respect that. So sometimes I will watch that show because I enjoy it, but um, not with her. Um, and so right. I, I think that that's a mer- an area of Christian liberty. Like she, what I appreciate is she doesn't come down to me and say, listen, I, I think that you're really standing against uh, the scripture and against uh, in God's judgment for watching this. And nor do I say to her, come on, get over it. Like you're not actually seeing right. anything there. Like what's the big deal here? Yeah. And I think that brings up another point is that we have to, um, we have to respect the convictions of our brothers and sisters. Yes. Right. 
So um, your wife respects the fact that you're not convicted by not trying to um, manage or say that you shouldn't watch that. And, you know, it could be any Christian, right? It could be your, your friend from Bible study isn't going to try to manage what you watch on TV. Right. But at the same time, we have to respect our brothers and sisters' convictions um, and say, well, I'm not going to try to convince them that this is okay. Because for them, it's not. Um, even if it's not sin inherently, if they think that it's sinful or if it offends their conscience and they do it anyway, for them it is sin. Because to go against your conscience is sinful. Exactly. So um, I think that's a great point. And I think, too, we have to be um, we have to be aware of the fact that, uh, like I said before, not everybody's um, not everybody's in the same place on that. So there are I don't want to say that there are gray areas in the scripture because that's not true. But what I mean is there are things that the scriptures leave up to Christian liberty. And I think this is one of them. Right. Do I mm-hmm. um, I know some people who are really, really offended and just cannot watch the show Modern Family because it normalizes um right. It normalizes uh, marital arrangements that the scripture would speak against. I, I'm not there. I don't I don't necessarily feel convicted about watching that show. Um, I know there are lots of people who would disagree with me, who would say, well, I shouldn't be participating in that. Right. Um, but I think it's important for us to um, have some good principles that we should consider and think about um, when we are thinking about our, our uh, media consumption and some maybe some guidelines or some um, markers that we can observe that help us make wise decisions. And that's the key, in my opinion, because I appreciate you're bringing this up as a, something to talk about, because this is a really tough thing to talk about with people. And, and I'm sure there'd be just as many people who were offended by hearing, you know, say, well, I'm willing to watch a modern family without any kind of heavy sense of conviction, as there are people who are offended that, we might say you shouldn't watch Game of Thrones. There's going to be people on both sides of this. And there is this wrestling through our salvation, at least in terms of how we express it by way of Christian liberty and what we watch. But that's why for me, I've been trying to think about media, not just a lot of media, of course, is what we watch, what we consume with our eyes. But even more than that, all the stuff that we look up online or all the time that we spend on online, because I'm trying to get to the heart or the root of the matter, which is like, why do I want to consume this form of entertainment? Right. What is it that's driving me to it? Is it something, am I searching for something here, in other words, that I really should be searching for in Jesus? And yeah. I'd rather get to that really fine point because I think that helps clarify then everything else. And that's the question I've been trying to ask a lot more recently. Yeah. And I think it's important to note, too, that this isn't a question that is new for Christians. Oh, for sure. Right. So Tertullian, who was writing towards the end of the second century, so the, the years between maybe like 180 and like 220 is the eras he was writing on. And he writes a he writes a treatise called On the Shows. And what he's talking about is the circus and um, the gladiatorial games and also some of the other kinds of um, entertainment that was happening in the Roman Empire. So he writes this and his answer is basically like, don't go to the shows. Just don't. Right. Um, and in his day, that may have been the right answer. I don't know. I don't know enough about the historical context. Um, he makes this whole weird, strained, exegetical argument um, from, I think it's Psalm 1, the don't, don't sit in the seat of scoffers, don't go in the way of sinners, that whole passage. He's like, well, the seat of the scoffers, that's like the seats you sit in. in At the, the circus. Show. 
And the um, and the circus was obviously a very different thing in the Roman yeah, Empire. For, it's not Barnum sure. and Bailey's. Um, and the ways of sinners, like those are like the aisles you use to get to your seat. That's what he's. So I think we can we can use the scriptures in a way that's not healthy. But then you even get to Augustine, you know, a couple hundred years later, and in Confessions, he's talking about a friend of his who was like swept into the gladiatorial games, literally swept into by a mob. He, there was a mob going in there in the crowd, and he got caught in the crowd and brought into the Colosseum. And he saw this, and it inflamed his passions. And he, like, couldn't break away from it. He Then he returned, and he, he knew it was sin, but he kept going back because it inflamed his passions, and he couldn't control himself. So I think there's a time, you know, sometimes as Christians, that's what happens to us, right? We get swept up, you know, he was swept up literally, but we get swept up metaphorically, um, in that, like, well, everybody's talking about Game of Thrones. Maybe I'll just check it out to see what everyone's talking about. Or, well, you know, everyone seems to like it, and they said it's not so bad, so I'm going to watch it. Um, I tried to watch Game of Thrones because, like, that genre of um, of storytelling, sort of that, like, medieval fantasy fiction, is my favorite genre uh, of, of uh, fiction. And trying to watch it, it was like five minutes into the show before I was like, I'm done. I turned it off. Because um, that soon into it, it was it was pornographic. It was as close to straight up pornography, I think, as you can get and still be able to sell it to a general audience. Right. Um, so I think we have to be careful about our reasoning. So maybe we can, we can try to set out some practical um, guidelines that a Christian can use to um, – to assess a given piece of entertainment and make a decision according to Christian liberty and prudence as to whether or not it's appropriate for them. Yeah. Does that sound like a good sort of a good trajectory for us tonight? Let's do it. Let's change the world. <laughs> Let's change the world. I don't know about that. Um, so what, what do you think are some good things we can do and some good things we can think about as we're trying to understand? Maybe like what are some things you think about when, when you're trying to decide whether to watch a new show or a new movie? Right. Well, I think what what you've already said is really helpful, and that is, in some ways, the least common denominator in all this is if it offends your conscience in any way, right. if it pricks your conscience, and and you'll certainly know if that's the case, of course, then you shouldn't be involved with it. And, right. And I think that when you get, especially this happens sometimes with like movies, when you get that the first time, I'm not sure that it's wise to let it go and say, let me set that aside for a second and see if it gets better. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's good. Um, I think sometimes we, one of the scariest things that I read about in scripture is when I read about people who have seared or callous consciences. Yes, exactly. Um, people who have exposed themselves to evil so much that they no longer are sensitive to it. Right. Um, that's a scary thing because our culture has a lot of evil in it just around. And, um, I think if you get to that point in a movie where you feel like maybe I, Maybe I shouldn't be watching this. If you have to justify to yourself why it's okay, then maybe it's probably not. Maybe right. that's a good way to think about it. I, I think so too. Um, yeah. I think maybe too another thing is um, if, a, if a Christian you respected or a Christian you trusted, if you would be ashamed to tell them that you were watching the movie – then it's probably something you should think twice about. Yes, exactly. Does that seem fair? Yeah, especially if that Christian is your mother. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, I think that you, on one level, like you shouldn't be making decisions based on what other people are going to think about you because that's really not, 
you know, we shouldn't be pleasers of man. We should be pleasers of God. But we should also recognize that if you have an impulse to hide something, there's a reason for that. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's not usually a good thing that you feel like you can't talk about something. Um, that being said, like there are things that are appropriate to talk about in some contexts that aren't appropriate to talk about in other contexts. Um, so that's not a hundred percent across the board, but if, if I was ashamed to tell, um, my pastor who also in our context, obviously is our father, but if I was ashamed to, if I was ashamed to talk about it on this podcast, right. right. If I was going to go to a movie and, and the topic was going to come up and I was going to feel like I had an impulse to lie about the fact that I saw this movie or that movie, um, I probably shouldn't do it in the first place because what if I am then in a situation where I have to lie about it? Right. Like that's, yeah, that's not a good exactly. thing. And why do you feel like you might have to lie about it? Um, so there, right. I think maybe that's another good marker. Yeah. I like that because what we're, what we're not saying is that you should live by somebody, somebody else's judgment or standard. But we, what we are saying is that you should be willing to be accountable. If even in your own mind, in a hypothetical right. environment, you should always want to be transparent. So if you feel like you have to keep something in the dark, you've already moved into really dangerous territory. And yeah. you should just probably avoid that situation altogether by not watching that show or seeing that movie. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think the, that 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 kind of judgment call is pretty clear when we're talking about sexuality and nudity. I think most most Christians recognize that that's kind of a firm line in the sand. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not, but I, I think that that one is probably less less tricky than others. Right. So what about things like um, maybe like worldview issues, right? So Beauty and the Beast is a good example. There's all this controversy because Disney has said that there's, quote, an exclusively gay moment between, um, or maybe not between, but involving Gaston and his sidekick, LeFou. Um, which, side note, if I was if I was gay, I'd be really offended that Disney chose the character whose name literally means the fool to be the first explicitly gay character in a movie. So if, if you happen to be the outlier who's listening to this podcast that really wants to celebrate that Disney did this, you just got called a fool by them. That That's literally, they picked the goofiest, stupidest character who's literally named fool to represent homosexuals. So you should be really offended if that describes you. Um, that said, it's also probably pretty accurate. Um, so that little tangent right. aside, Disney announces that they're going to have this. Um, they're going to have this exclusively gay moment. So that's a clear worldview um, opposition to Christianity. So what what is it that we do about that? Like, how do we handle that? So this for me is a question that's more about like imbalance and disequilibrium than it is about not like setting a category of which I'm not going to participate in this worldview. So let's say presuming what we're talking about. Well, I guess that movie is a good example. So presuming that there's, there's no violence or nudity. And so we can kind of cast those aside and put it its own category. So we can kind of examine it in a Petri dish away from things we just talked about. Right. I, I would say that I don't have necessarily strong convictions against, for instance, seeing that movie, but I think this is a matter of if you're so imbalanced that this is the kind of thing that that's all that you're seeing, such that you're you're no longer able to bring to bear a scriptural worldview, then we've got a problem. And I, but I would also not go as far to say, well, we need to see these things so we can really engage the culture and understand them. Yeah. 
again, I think it is a matter of conscience. Like if you're not into it and you feel like I'm, I'm convicted by that, I don't really want to participate in that, but either by giving them my money or by giving them my time, then there's nothing wrong for you to do that. But if on the other side you say, I really like dancing candlesticks and you know, like <laughs> I, I, I do want to participate in that. I enjoy, I enjoy the story and I, I'm going in with a fresh mind that at least in this particular instance understands this reference is coming. And I know firmly where I stand on this. So right. that if I want to engage in conversation to that effect, I'm able to do so, bring to bear the full counsel of God. I mean, that's my perspective. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's the right place to be. So, um, you know, from what I've read from people who've seen this movie, the exclusively gay moment is still basically just a wink and a nod to the fact that this character is gay. Right. Um, which it wasn't explicit in the original, but there have been people since the Beauty and the Beast movie came out in 1991, I think, something in the early 90s. Uh, there have been people who have wondered whether that character was gay or not. And um, from what I've heard, it's it's little more than a scene where he kind of like he kind of like winks and like it's implied that maybe he's engaging in a like male male relationship. Right. It's like an homage kind of. I mean the whole thing is a caricature yeah. in a way anyway, which makes right. it somewhat ridiculous, but I agree. Yeah, and obviously like okay, if you haven't seen Beauty and the Beast the original, it's been spoiler almost 30 years, so the spoiler alert seems weird, but Gaston dies in the end. So it's obviously like the character in the show in the cartoon appears to have what we might call like a man crush on Gaston, right? He's talking he's got this larger than life um, caricature of masculinity and he as sort of like a short fat goofy guy who the girls probably don't like gravitates towards this man and probably wants to be like him and what they've done in the new one is um, they said like well the character is not sure whether he wants to be like Gaston or whether he wants to be with Gaston and the fact is like that's all around us too so I think one level one thing we might want to think about um, and one of the things that I um I kind of use to measure is, is what I'm being exposed to in this movie worse than or more extreme than the baseline of our culture? Right. And the reason that I do that is not, it's not, and I hear this argument and it's not a good argument. It's not so much that, well, I'm going to be exposed to it. So what's the difference? It's more like I can't hide myself from the culture. I can't pull myself into a monastery and, and escape the evils of the world. And so, um, you know, something like a, a character, there's like a weird cross-dressing moment where they kind of like wink and nod at cross at, at transvestites and transgenderism. Um, and then there's this, this sort of moment at the end where you're like, well, are those two going to get together or not? Um, that is actually much less, um, in your face than the baseline culture is. So I think sometimes too, we can, we can think that we can isolate ourselves from what's going on in our culture by isolating ourselves from particular aspects of entertainment. And I think that that can be, can be maybe not just as dangerous, but can be dangerous in a different way to think that it's possible for us to isolate ourselves from that. Um, you know, we're not supposed to be taken out of the world, right? right. Um, Jesus says that, that if we want to escape evil, you're going to have to be out of the world. Um, and that's not what he asks for. That's not what he's seeking for his disciples. He wants us to be in the world so that we can be a, a transformative presence. Um, and the, the, the very presence of the church and the very presence of Christians has a restraining influence on sin. Um, you know, when someone finds out you're a Christian, 
like the first thing they do is like they they immediately think about like oh all the times they swore yeah they clean up their language yeah and they clean up their language and that's not going to get them brownie points or get them into heaven that they're not they're not swearing anymore but the fact remains that that outward sin isn't happening for the time that they're around you so there is a restraining presence of christians and of the church in the world so we shouldn't isolate ourselves but we also shouldn't fool ourselves into thinking that we're actually withdrawing from sin by not going to see beauty and the beast because there's this allusion to um, a possible gay you know gay romance that is happening off off the scenes um and i think we trick ourselves into thinking that by not consuming this media or that media that we're somehow like preserving ourselves from the stain of the world and i just don't think that flies no, I agree with you. There's once again, this comes down to I think being wise. So you have to exercise some kind of judgment that is your own that takes like the actual onus to do some auditing of right. where your convictions lie, but also to recognize, as you said, that we are active participants in the world, and that salt and light is you know certainly light goes where it shines, and salt gets thrown everywhere. So there is this idea that we shouldn't try too hard to run away. And I get that what we're talking about here is like your volitional choice to go see a movie. So it's, it's something different, but you can imagine in an extreme way, somebody going to the mission field and saying, I I was so surprised because when I got there, everybody was different than me. And they all had these really crazy beliefs, beliefs in different worldview. And again, it's not that we have to go to the movies to be educated so that we can actually participate. But in some ways it certainly doesn't hurt to to be part of that in so much as it's not, one of the major kind of offending categories we've already spoken about. And I'm glad that you bring this up because this is something that even in casual TV, we see our culture expressing in more and more profound and kind of robust ways. And that is like same sex relationships and attraction, and especially the expression of that in the physical nature. And I'm clearly, uh, I have strong convictions of that. I, I don't like to see that. And there are plenty of times now where, What's funny is more likely than not, if I'm watching a sitcom on the off chance with my wife, if there's something I'm going to turn away from, it's actually going to be that, which is wild. I mean, that, that's where we've come. Um, but it, the fact of the matter is that is still present in the world. And, and I need, do need to understand how I'm going to engage in that and still be salt and light. So again, I'm not, I don't want anybody to use that as like an argument for, well, these guys are saying like, I should be able to watch all this stuff because it's, it's just a training. It's a fertile training ground for me to be able to handle sin there you have to exercise wisdom but there is also at the same time like you're saying an argument for that we shouldn't just try to pull out altogether run away put our heads in the sand not not be a part of these things whoa jesse did did you feel that Uh, i felt something my my computer completely just crashed so I feel like every <laughs> I thought it was just the topic. Every podcast needs to have one of these episodes where something gets screwed up halfway through, and I guess this is ours. We finally arrived. We finally it's arrived. about time. So um, there's no good way for us to restart the conversation we're having. So I think it's probably a good chance for us to just kind of wrap up. Um, so before we do kind of our final thoughts and, and wrap this discussion up, I just wanted to share something new that we're doing. We have a new voicemail. So our listeners can call in and tell Ooh, us fancy. in their own voice whatever they want to tell us. So the number Don't somebody is somebody else's uh, voice. The number is 607-444-BROS. How awesome is that? That's a great number. So that's 607-444-2767. 
So um, I would love it if people would call in and, um, you know, we wanted to talk more about um, maybe some like practical wisdom and practical guidelines as sort of choosing how we um, pick our media. And we actually talked about them for about 15 minutes that the audio just destroyed with my computer crashing. But if you have some good uh, practical guidelines or some thoughts to share about how do we choose what movies and television shows we consume, um, I would love if you would call in and leave a voicemail. And just a legal disclaimer, if you leave a message, we may use it on the show. Isn't that phone number cool? That is cool. <laughs> Sorry, I thought there was more to the no, legal no, disclaimer. That's cool. I was waiting. I, I was so excited that I got that number. I was like, oh my gosh, this number's available. Yeah, everybody should just uh, call that number right now. Yes. Leave us a voicemail. Yeah, so we may not use every voicemail we get, um, but feel free to call us and use it for whatever you want. Sing us songs or leave us voicemails, tell us what we're doing well. Um, keep in mind, if you do sing us a song, we probably will put it on the show. Oh, yeah, we want that. I'm not we, sure if that's a threat or a that. promise, but it is what it is. Yeah, especially if you want to rate us on iTunes, then call us to tell us you've given us five stars yes. by way of voicemail. That would be ideal. Yeah, so maybe why don't we why don't we do this, Jesse? Why don't we wrap up and just have one from each of us, one more practical tip about how do we choose what it is that we should be watching and what maybe we shouldn't be watching. Sure. I like that. How about you go first, Tony? So I think um, at the end of the day, we really should be, um, obviously we should be judging things by scripture. And um, it sounds really kind of like trite and silly. Trite's not the right word, is it? It seems kind of silly, but uh, probably the idea <laughs> of would you be watching something, any given show, if Jesus was sitting next to you? And I know like there's a level of like, well, if Jesus was sitting next to me, I probably wouldn't be wasting time watching television. But let's pretend that Jesus said, let's put on any show you want to watch. If you would not put on the show because you thought Jesus would disapprove or because you would be embarrassed to watch it, then you probably shouldn't put that show on. And the the simple fact is that Jesus is observing you watching any given show. So if you would be embarrassed to put it on with him sitting next to you watching the television with you, um, then you probably shouldn't watch it. Right. I totally agree with that. I like that. I don't I don't think that's cliche. I, in many ways, I think that kind of pushes us back to actually taking seriously this idea of filtering everything through the sieve of scriptures and also through prayer. And this is one of those elements where I just think we don't even bother to pray about the stuff that we're consuming. We all have our shows, we all have our DVRs, and we all love Netflix. And so I think for the most part, we're kind of like, well, what I do in the privacy of my own home is not too bad. And even if we wouldn't maybe articulate it like that, in a sense, that's what we're saying. Yeah, absolutely. What about you? What do you think? So for me, I want to kind of take that and kind of um, kind of expand upon it a bit. I would say that, as I kind of mentioned before, the big thing that I've been trying to wrestle with recently is why I use entertainment and for what purpose. So if I'm watching something because my wife and I enjoy it and we find it to be wholesome and it's something that brings us together and bonds us in celebrating something fun that God has done. Again, all I can think of is British baking. <laughs> um, seriously, people like gluten is amazing. Then I, I think that's a wonderful means to an appropriate end. But if we're using entertainment in such a way that that's time that we really should be going to Christ to be filled and to be given true rest, then I think whether it's about either the amount we're consuming or what we're consuming, that should give us pause to say, maybe I should really do a complete audit of why I'm embracing this type of entertainment. So thinking about 
trying to actually ask your question yourself the question like why do I want to watch like 20 episodes of X show in a row on Netflix yeah um, even mindless entertainment is okay for a short season or in moderation but really Christ calls us to be anything but mindless no matter what we're doing yeah so there, I, I think it's just a good idea to try to understand why you want to consume a particular form of entertainment and why perhaps in that quantity you want to consume it yeah. Yeah. I think that's great advice. So um, one quick recommendation and then we'll wrap up. Um, there is a podcast called Popcorn Theology and um, it's interesting because it ties right into the thing that you're saying. Their, their catchphrase at the end of the show is remember that you're not a mindless consumer. And yes. uh, they, you know, every podcast is hit or miss, but these guys are way more hit than they are miss. And um, they really just have a good take on things. They try to look at a given show or, or movie and um, break down the themes. They try to talk about, you know, are there spiritual significance? Um, sometimes they're going to talk about the same kinds of stuff we're talking about. Is this something Christians should watch? Uh, but mostly they're just kind of looking at what are the given themes of this show or that show. But it's a really good way for you to um, – kind of get an idea of even if we're going to take time to watch a movie, whatever it might be, there still are oftentimes um, themes that we need to digest and think about. So um, that, that podcast is a great way to kind of get your head around. How is it that I might go into a movie looking for some of these themes? And then, um, you know, I think it's important for Christians to be aware of what they are consuming. So there's a couple websites I want to recommend. There's a website. It's just filmratings.com. Um, this is not a Christian site from what I can tell. But what it is is you can type in the title of a movie and it's going to give you a brief synopsis of the movie. It's going to tell you what it's rated um, from the MPAA, I think is the organization that does that, and why it's rated that way. So you might see something that's rated R, like I was talking about Logan earlier, and it's rated R because of the violence. But um, the nudity that was present is very brief, and it wasn't in the context of a sexual act. It was just kind of there. Um, that probably by itself wouldn't have even gotten an R rating. So knowing why a movie is rated R is really helpful as well. And then there's um, a website that is um, – it is published by Focus on the Family, and I don't want this to be read as like a widespread wholesale approval of Focus on the Family because I have some some questions about the organization. But they do a really good job of um, assessing a movie. They write a brief, maybe not brief, but they write a review that explains some of the themes. Um, they even break it down to like assessing how many of each swear word or each time of blasphemy or whatever is in there. And they'll give you a recommendation kind of like, is this something you should see? Is this something you should see with your kids? Um, they had a really great review of Logan that I thought was just really appropriate. Um, they highlighted some of the important things. They highlighted the themes. They talked about how it really was kind of a redemption arc. Uh, but then they also talked about the amount of blood that was present just made it something they couldn't recommend. So those are two sites to kind of be able to go to um, to get an idea before you go see a movie of what's in there and whether or not it's something that you um, you want to watch. And I wholeheartedly echo the recommendation for Popcorn Theology because what I think they do really well and that they got right is that they come with this perspective saying, when I go to see something, when I go to participate in media or especially entertainment, I come as a Christian first. So I'm already ready to engage this worldview with mine that's going to bring to bear and be already ready to interpret things through that sieve naturally. And I think that's a really great focus. So it's kind of training the mind in a way. 
to say, I'm not going to be held captive. I'm not going to let the movie hold me captive to the worldview without me being able to discern appropriately because I'm already well-versed in Christian doctrine, what's going on here. And I like that because they they help you kind of do that in real time. And I think that's a really good skill to have. Absolutely. So I think that'll probably just about do it. Um, I want to ask everybody to go to iTunes, um, check out our podcast there, subscribe and uh, rate us. Give us five stars if you love us. Otherwise, leave us a little note to let us know what we could do better. Uh, We would really appreciate that. It really helps people find the show. And ultimately, it helps us improve uh, the content we're providing for you as well. Exactly. So Tony was polite. I want to tell you (laughs) right now to go to iTunes and give us, give us your rating and review. So seriously, that's the only way that it kind of bumps the, the episodes so that they'll be made more public, more aware in people's feeds. And also honestly, just lets us know what we can do to be kind of a greater service, a greater blessing to those who are listening. Yeah. And my entire sense of self-worth is based on whether or not I get a five-star review from people that I don't really know. So just keep that in mind. Tony is a very gentle, gentle man on the (laughs) inside. So let's keep that in mind, please. All right. Well, that should just about do it. Uh, Leave us that review and we look forward to uh, sharing some content with you next week. Uh, What if I'm